Hi, Ross. Hey, Sam. How are you? Uh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. This is a slightly less than fortnightly. Uh, we are off our schedule because I was sick. And I was, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens sometimes. But we're here recording uh, off schedule. We'll try to get this out as soon as possible. ASAP. ASAP. Uh, because we are professionals. Super duper professionals. Professionals. Uh, welcome to Salmon Loss, right? Oh, salmon Loss. Salmon. Salmon Loss. <laughs> the environmental podcast. Listen, it's a plight that we need to talk about the loss of the salmon. Welcome to Salmon Ross Like Things, episode 28. 28. 28 to 8. Yeah, we did it. I'm Ross. I'm Sam. And we talk about things we like. Yeah, I've got a little bit of follow up oh, from last we're week. Right, going right into it. Let's, let's did you have follow up. Did you have a thing in the front? No. Okay. Uh, I got two. I got two follow-ups. Two follow-ups. Last week we talked about library cards. We did and workflow. Uh-huh. And I got follow-up about both. Jr. and I went to our local library, and I got a library card, and he got a library card. So nice. he now has two jurisdictional library cards, Ooh. and I just have the one, the City of Richmond one. But we went there. The lady at the desk was super nice. Uh, we checked out because my son's really into Titanic right now. Uh, it baffles my mind because he's super into nonfiction. And I don't, I can't like understand him because he doesn't. So he's specifically into the event as opposed to the James Cameron film. Oh yeah, and I'm, I, I'm thinking about showing him highlights from the James Cameron film. I think the sinking scene would be, he'd be like real into that. Or that original movie, the black and white one. Oh, there was clips of that in the thing. So we checked out a, a yeah. National Geographic Secrets of the Titanic, and it had clips from a black and white movie. Yeah, that one. I bet it's public domain or something. It's no, probably, it's probably not. not. Well, anyway, anyway, we went to the library, checked out some nonfiction, and I tried to convince him to check out books about dragons and wizards and stuff, and he said no. So we got we got nerd books on Titanic and a movie on Titanic. Um, and while we were there, they also had it was gamer. Game board game Sunday or Saturday. Oh, great! And so they had all these like advanced board games to play. So we sat down, played some board games. It was awesome. It was an awesome trip to the library. I didn't want to go over there because it was in the, late in the afternoon. I wanted to nap, and we stayed there for like an hour and a half. And guess what? Napping at the library is totally okay too. Where where does one do that in a library? In a, like, like in a like chair. In a chair. So that was one piece of follow-up. Awesome. I do need to go over to the palace in Henrico and get a Henrico card now. Yeah, you'll do that. Um, uh, have you done any of the electronic? Uh, yes. So I went and I and I rented or um, uh, what's the borrowed? parlance? Yes, borrowed uh, <laughs> the the Night Vale book. I think it must have. If I if I open the app, it probably returns itself because it's been two weeks. I think. Um, but I borrowed the Night Vale book and read some of it, uh, and it's actually one of the saddest things I've ever read. <laughs> the second oh. chapter of that book <laughs> bummed me out a whole lot. Oh. Um, but I, but yes, yeah, so I did a yeah. little bit of that. Awesome. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad you did it. Yeah, thank you for your encouragement to go do it because it's literally blocks from my house. Yeah. We just walked over there and did it. It was amazing. Um, the second small bit of follow-up yeah. is I made a new workflow. A new one? Yeah, as we talked about, it's, you know, automating stuff. I had to unload the dishwasher, and I wanted in that moment to also know about the new Nintendo coming out. Ooh, Nintendo Switch. Yeah, and so I found an article on Bloomberg, and I made a quick workflow that sucks in an article and then speaks aloud its contents so i just put my phone on the thing and then hit the button is it like siri voice or alex Mm -hmm. siri voice yeah and so it just read the article to me as i unloaded the dishwasher yeah i showed my nine-year-old the video for the switch the one with all the millennials going to parties Mm -hmm. uninvited yes uh yeah that thing looks neat yeah, my uh, my eight year old is stoked on it. He put it on his Christmas list, and I said the launch date is March, and he was sad. You can still go on his Christmas list. You could give him a sheet of paper. That That's says true. Nintendo Switch. 
Yeah, he, yeah, that's a good idea. I think we'll probably end up with it. This is neither here nor there. It'll be on a future list yeah. of things we like, maybe. So those are my two follow-ups. Oh, great. Yeah. Shall we get into stuff other people like? Yes. So in our fortnightly break, um, we had a Halloween. We did. We had a Halloween in there, and we had lead-up to Halloween. Right, and so we so, asked before Halloween. We asked before Halloween. So a lot of these things are Halloween. And honestly, this list is delightfully fall-oriented, I thought. Autumnal. Ah, yes. Autumnally-oriented list of stuff other people like. Valerie Catru, whom I'm married to, mm-hmm. likes right making... Friend of the show. Guest of the show. Guest of the show, yeah. Um, likes making her kid's Halloween costume. And this is accurate. I can I have first-person knowledge. Her skills at this are pretty good. Um, Matt Fisher likes the podcast called My Dad Wrote a Porno. Friend of the show. Um, he made the, the music you'll hear later. My Dad Wrote a Porno is my favorite new podcast. Can you? And I've binge listened to all of it. So here's the premise. This uh, British man discovered that his retired father was writing self-published erotica on Amazon. Whoa. Is his father still alive? Yes. yes. Whoa. And so he reads a chapter aloud to his two friends, one of whom is a uh, cis straight woman, one of whom is a uh, cis gay man. And uh, it's hilarious. And you'd think it would be just like them taking the piss. And there's a little of that, but it's mostly them falling in love with this ridiculous world where everybody <laughs> has uh, sexual relations in exchange for uh, signing deals to buy pots and pans. <laughs> All right. I'll, is it is it a just is it an independent podcast? Is it on a network? Or it's anything? independent. I don't know if it's. I think it's independent. But you can just search for my dad wrote a porno on iTunes and start at the beginning. There's there've been two books and they have now finished reading aloud both books and they've start they started doing these these interstitials where they interview somebody. So they've ha- they interviewed Elijah Wood. What? Uh, Daisy Ridley. Is his dad on the show ever? No. Uh, oh, his dad's pen name is Rocky Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I will listen to this. Um, that's good. Uh, Andy Hunter likes Overwatch and Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Mm-hmm. Ryan Wren likes the effects of asphalt on the structural integrity of pumpkins that used to sit on my neighbors and my front steps and porches. We don't do that. Do you guys do that? Smash the pumpkins? Yeah. No? It sounds like it would be fun. Maybe we should do that at, like, at the end. I hear the world is a vampire. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick Dawson likes the smell of fall. Oh, good. That says fall. My eyes misread it as fear. <laughs> <laughs> he might maybe he'll say yeah, he's not explicitly saying <laughs> yeah. He, yeah this is a show about things he likes you know? well he might like the smell of fear but it's not, it doesn't say so here yeah um he also <laughs> likes the fan in autumn and black mirror there's a new season of black mirror which i haven't watched yet okay tony skyday likes runny eggs mm-hmm. stephanie snyder likes hot tea Ooh. brian cannon Maybe you can explain this to me. Brian Cannon likes the trunk or treat phenomena I've learned about for kiddos at preschool. I've heard this term, but only this year, and I don't know exactly what it is, but I think instead of going door to door, these kids, like parents come with candy in the trunk of their car to like the preschool mm. parking lot, and the kids go around the preschool parking lot getting candy okay. from that. Not a tree trunk. Correct. I was. It's not. It's not a Boo Radley. I, yeah, I, I was like, "How do you find such a tree to make this yeah, work?" If, and if you get caught, someone's gonna put concrete in it. And... <laughs> yes, uh, that makes much more sense. Susan Housen likes decorating my house to delight my child, which is true. She's into stuff. That Susan. Um, Ann Burleson likes that our kids love Halloween as much as we do. Mm-hmm. Chad Ingold likes wooden ships. Is that Chad, Chad Ingold for mayor? This is, yeah, former mayoral candidate Chad Ingold likes wooden ships with a J. S-H-J-I-P. 
This is another band. Remember last time there was a confusing band? Yeah, it was like uh, Man, the last... The last band or something. Band. <laughs> I think that was also suggested by Chad. I listened to Wooden Ships today. Good. You Ooh. should listen to it. You would like it, I think. Okay. Bran Fox likes when it turns out November 1st. Yeah. Ashley Ray likes the jalapeno pimento cheese they sell at Little House Green Grocer. That, Little House should be on my list of things that I like. Yeah, definitely. And it's like a small corner... It's a small grocery... Neighborhood grocery store. Yeah. Like they like in olden times. Like in olden times. And then Liz Morton likes the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. It's narrated by Bing Crosby. And she says, now listen, it's important to know that mm-hmm. Liz Morton is the biggest fan of Christmas I've ever met in my entire life. Bigger than Santa? Yes. Wow. Way bigger. And she says it's the perfect se- perfect seg between, uh, seg to cozy holiday vibes. Sorry, I messed it up. She says it's the perfect- <laughs> You messed up the segue. <laughs> <laughs> she says it's the perfect seg to cozy holiday vibes. So this kind of gives you a picture into how big into the holidays she is because she is already segging herself into Christmas. Is segging of the right verb? Yeah. Yeah, she's segging herself. She's segueing. <laughs> anyway, that was the stuff other people liked. Oh, that's great. Yeah, is, so the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, that's like the Disney animated yes. one. Are yeah, you that familiar? Yeah, that was the one I never watched because it's too scary. Ooh. Is yeah. it so? I guess it's a Ichabod it's, Crane. It's an Ichabod Crane headless horseman. He's a pumpkin head man. Or is that only from Ichabod Snoopy? Crane? Is is the guy who gets killed the headless horseman? Why do I envision him with a pumpkin? Because he has a pumpkin. It's a fake head because he's headless. Is this part of canon? Ichabod Cannon? The pumpkin? I don't know. This is we got. He throws look. the pumpkin at you. I think Christopher Walken also had a pumpkin. <laughs> We've got a lot of work to do for for next we're show. We're the worst. Oh, I shouldn't say that. No, we're the best. Around. All right, Nothing Sam. Ever do to get you down. Who goes first? You go first. Me? Yeah, you go first because I went. I don't remember. You go first. So Ross. Yes. Ross. Yes. Ross. Yes. What you like this week? Now I have many questions. You like movies that make me, meaning you, yeah, feel terrible. I do. Tell me about this. Uh, I like movies that make me feel terrible. I think I might like them. I, I, you know, I, let me rephrase. I love movies that make me feel truly terrible to the exclusion of maybe other movies. I like a lot of movies, but really, I think you have to make me feel terrible for me to love your movie. Let's start at first principles. Yeah. Uh, is this terrible as in, I hate humanity? Is this terrible in that's so sad? Is it a combination of both? Is this like a... A boys don't cry vibe. Mm. Yeah, is so, this a requiem for a dream vibe, or is I it all of it, the above? I think it's most of the above. Okay. I think uh, stories that make me feel like humanity is terrible are good. Mm-hmm. Um, stories that make me feel like this small, like happenstance, random, like set of events that happened to a person that were terrible. Those also make me feel good. Uh, horror stories, it's good, like good make you feel terrible horror stories are great not like saw no i think i'm not looking for torture porn that right. is not great um i when we'll talk about examples later okay but, but uh but one mo- thing one thing i can't get into is old people can't handle stories about how being old is terrible okay i don't know why all right but, but that is not in the genre of ter- movies that make you feel terrible that specific vertical is not no. okay so how did you discover this i think is there a word for like when you feel down or sad or depressed but you enjoy how it feels when other things are terrible as well it's cathartic 
cathartic. Yeah. Like it makes you have a good cry. Yeah. So I, I think that's what I like about it is it, there's maybe the two, two, two things. I like when, when things seem grim mm-hmm. to watch a grim thing and be, and realize that things are grim. Yeah. That's comforting for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. Because you're feeling what you should be feeling. Yeah. I also like, too, that, well, it's not as bad as that. (laughs) (laughs) At least I didn't get my arm caught in a mountain. Yeah. Oh, I haven't watched that yet, either. There's a couple, there's a couple outliers of movies that make people feel terrible that I haven't watched. I haven't watched 127 hours, or 172 hours, whatever. Some permutation of that. That's the one you're talking about, right? Yeah. I haven't watched the movie about old people that was, that won Oscars a couple years ago. Cocoon. (laughs) Cocoon, yeah. (laughs) A French movie. I can't remember what it's called. And then I also Le have... Le Cocoon. <laughs> yes. And then uh, Le Croissant is actually what that one was Croissant? called. Croissant? Uh, and then I haven't watched The Audition. I don't know that one. Are you familiar with The Audition? No. This is a Japanese horror movie uh-uh. involving cutting people up and stuff. Nope. And everyone says it's terrible, so I can't... I, I, I want to watch it, but I can't bring myself to do it. Anyway, we got a little ahead of ourselves. So. Oh, let's, let's rein it back in. Yeah. Do you watch these alone? Yes. Okay. Is that part of it? I think it has to be. Okay. It would be, because sometimes you do cry. Yeah. And sometimes you don't. And maybe that's weird. Uh, and so it's nice to do this unpacking of emotions by yourself, I think. Okay. Because you're, it's not really, it's not really certain how it's going to go. And like some of it, some some movies like are real terrible. It, not in a, like the movie is a bad quality movie, but like discuss and cover terrible topics. Right. And like, maybe I don't want to share that I'm watching those movies with, with people at large. Because, meaning me and my family. <laughs> because you're embarrassed? You're no, watching? no, no. It's just not a pleasant experience to share with people you love. Oh, right. Because you're going through horribleness as a catharsis and you don't want to have to have that awkward conversation about what you just watched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Great example is uh, there's a movie called Antichrist, which is by Lars von Trier, who's the guy who did those um, those weird sex movies that came out recently, Nymphomaniac 1 and 2. Familiar? I'm not, but I'll look them up on the internet. Okay. I'm sure that'll yeah. turn up. But there's lots I'll, of... I'll look at work. <laughs> yeah. Totally safe for work, Google. Uh, but there's lots of like weird, terrible maiming in that movie, Antichrist. Mm. And like, it wasn't a great movie and it didn't make me feel terrible in the right ways, but it was a movie that I wouldn't want, I wouldn't have wanted gotcha. to share. So what are some movies that have made you feel terrible in the right ways? Old Boy. Tell me about Old Boy. I don't know anything about it. Gasp. Old Boy is the best. Old Boy is a Korean, um, a Korean film by uh, Park Chan-wook. I get it confused because Korean, the order of Korean names and surnames confuses me so it's like the bajorans yeah it is and so i don't it's park chan and wook in a, in a should probably say the bajorans are like the koreans yeah <laughs> probably probably yes uh and he's a fantastic director and so he's directed this series of movies called uh the vengeance trilogy and old boy is the first one okay there's an american remake with josh brolin that you can skip brand yeah as the old boy I guess. I don't know really why it's called Old Boy, but it's a movie. It's a tale of vengeance and a terrible, terrible, terrible thing happens to this man and he escapes from his terrible situation and goes and seeks vengeance only to have a really terrible thing happen at the end. And whoa, is it terrible. Okay. And so how does this make, how does this movie make you feel? What catharsis does it bring? I don't know. That one, that's a great question. Like, because I've never been, so basically he's been kidnapped and trapped. You've never felt that level of vengeance. No, but man, that feeling at the end when the reveal happens and you're like, ah, that's awful is great. I love it. Also, to make to, like a key aspect of it too is not necessarily the cathartic part, but like appreciation for good writing. Okay. Like real emotions. I think there's something to be said about how it's written when they do it in a real way. That's not cheap. 
and so ter- movie that makes me feel terrible has that aspect. It's well written. Well written. Because it has to be to make you feel terrible. Mm-hmm. Are there any that you find yourself, any, we'll go over some more examples, any specific examples that you keep coming back to? I think about, and I'm a little scared to watch again, um, we need to talk about Kevin. Tell me about this one. We need to talk about Kevin is incredible. And it is a story about like what if you have a kid and the kid is just bad like nothing you can like bad like evil but not in like a not in a demon way yeah just is a bad evil person and what does that do to your relationship as a parent with the kid and like whoa that's awful and that movie i think about that movie constantly and how terrible it made me feel and i think it would be hard for me to watch again because it is just it's like the old you know it does that it's like parent fear yeah it's it's a fantastic it's not a horror film but it is because it keys in on a real fear like it's a real thing what if your your kid is so bad you can't do anything about it as a parent (sighs) see you want to want you feel you're feeling i don't want to i'm I'm afraid (laughs) yeah you should be Uh, so that one's good. I think another great example is Funny Games. Funny Games is a is a, an actual horror movie, and this is a movie about being on vacation and like some some pastors by come by and terrorize your whole family in a terrible terrible way. Um, that yeah. movie is fantastic because it's not gory at all, but terrible gory things happen, but it avoids gore one hundred percent. It's not a movie I would I I might watch again, but maybe not. It's it's, it's rough okay. too. Those are my those are my probably top two, okay. top three or whatever. Uh, are there any more on the? The sad end of the spectrum. Yeah, did you see um, August Osage County? I haven't seen anything, Ross. You know this. Okay, that movie has a little bit of old people stuff in it, um, <laughs> but that movie is basically about like what happens when your family breaks apart. Okay, should we have a website that tells potential viewers the level of old people <laughs> in a movie? I don't know what it is, man. But like, I recognize that old people stories make people feel terrible. Uh-huh. Like that's true. Yeah, I just. You're hedging. No, no, I'm not hedging. I just can't. I, I am it's, unwilling to feel that bad. I think. I think they might be the <laughs> pinnacle of feeling terrible, and I can't. I, I'm not willing to go down that path. I'll do horror. I'll do whatever parenting, but like old people. That's the that's the that's the greatest fear of all, right? We're all gonna die, just like that old person who has a terrible disease. Now we gotta watch a whole film about it. We'll do it. Okay. So are there are there any films in your make you feel terrible genre that are just like tearjerker make you feel emotions well written but aren't like necessarily about how things are terrible but just are yeah i, I, make I mean you I, feel sad the pianist have you seen that is that the one with uh harvey Keitel's penis no this is with adrian brody and what am i thinking of the piano the piano yeah this is funny because i recommended i did a I mixed up a recommendation and i was telling val to recommend to someone the pianist and i was like what about the piano and she's like I am not recommending that. <laughs> oh, okay. But so yeah, tell me about the, the pianist. The pianist is a, is a, a World War II Holocaust story. Um, and it is just very, very sad. Super duper sad. Yeah. Uh, and it'll make you feel terrible. Yeah. Kind of about in that humanity way of like, what have we done? Yeah. Also like a, a dark horse parts uh, of Spring Breakers, which is like... All right, go into this. Tell yeah. me more about Spring so Breakers. Spring Breakers is a movie by, I think the dude who did Kids. Um, and he is not a right dude. He's there's wrong. Oh, kids makes you feel terrible. Oh yeah, kids does make you feel terrible. Yeah. And so Spring Breakers is about these high school kids who go to Spring Break in Florida and have what whatever you're imagining in your mind as like a classic MTV Spring Break, but like dialed up a little bit. They have that experience, and then things spiral out of control. I think that movie does a great job of making you feel terrible. And this is, I think, intentional by the director. Of he wants you to look and objectify these women who are teens and make you feel weird feelings of attraction to these teens. I think he's doing it on purpose. 
I don't know if his motivation is good. I certainly don't think his motivation is good to get you to be like, oh, how disgusting is that? I think he is probably trying to tantalize you in this way. But he wants it. He does it in the way that the way the movie is shot, I think, does it to make you feel uncomfortable with how you're feeling. Okay. And, uh, and it succeeds. And it succeeds. And I, I think he finds that titillating. I found it to make me feel terrible. So that was an interesting one. I but you oh, did you did feel terrible. I and did. that was the goal. Yeah. I did feel terrible. So do you go into these movies expecting to feel terrible or is it just a pleasant surprise when you when you feel terrible? Sometimes. I, I went and saw Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson. Under the Skin? I think that's what it's called. Under Johansson. the Skin. Under the Skin. <laughs> it's not under quite like skin, that, but a little the bit. Skin. There is some water involved. Um, <laughs> and I didn't expect to feel terrible, but when I left, I was like, whoa, I okay. feel awful. And then I was like, yeah, that was awesome. Great. All right. So let me put it. Th- uh, let me ask you this question. Your wife and son are off on an overnight trip without you. You have the house to yourself. You have ordered in your favorite order-in meal. Mm. You put on a movie. Is it going to be a delightful Paul Rudd joint? Or is it going to be something that makes you feel terrible? Uh, Yeah, I will. In those situations, I will always seek out either trashy horror films or something that is just going to make me feel terrible. Okay. And after you feel terrible, do you write a letterboxed review? Do you text your friend Susan or do you just soak in it? Yeah, I usually talk to Susan. Okay. Sometime, one time I had to, I guess a couple of times I've had to stop the movie and like- Put it in the freezer? Do some calisthenics. <laughs> <laughs> like, be like whoo, whoo. okay, all right. <laughs> 20, uh, 20 push-ups. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and usually just like, what was that? It's nice to share a little, you know. Yeah. Thanks, Ross. Sam. Ross. That was dark, maybe. It was the darkness. Your thing is riding your bike. I like riding my bike. Yes. It doesn't make me feel terrible in a good way. It just makes me feel good in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more. Sure. So so I, a few years ago now, acquired a used bike uh, from friend of the show, Zach. You know Zach. Oh, I didn't know your bike came from Zach. Yeah, I didn't know him all that well then, but he sold me his bike. And I started riding it around town, and I found I actually like doing it. Riding my bike is fun. Now, I'm not a like a bike racer person, but I just ride my bike around like I was 10. Or like many but, millions of people in the world. True, true. So I've got a, a hybrid bike, I think. I'm not even sure what brand it is. This is fine. I think that makes yeah. it better. So it's this bike. It's got uh, handlebars that f- do this up flippy thing. Mm-hmm. I bought a light for it in the front and the back. I have uh, paneers in Sweet. the back for carrying stuff. Got a water bottle holder. And I ride it places. You rode it here tonight. I rode it here tonight. I like that I can just get on it and start going. I like that if I wanted to, I could not have not bring a wallet yeah because i don't need a license to ride my bicycle i like that uh it dramatically expands the radius i can go without a car what is uh, so what is your current what is so what is the current distance you're willing to travel by bike do you know you can do minutes or miles or whatever like sure talk a little bit more about how it expands the radius um i pretty much anything within if i have enough time anything within the city limits of Richmond, because it's not that wide of a radius. It's well, like four mile radius around yeah. mm-hmm. is doable. So it basically puts the entire city at your yeah. disposal. Now that's not to say I always choose a bike. I sometimes choose a bus or choose a car, mm-hmm. but I like riding my bike places. Yeah. And as you taught me, or I think it came from you, that it doesn't have to be about exercise. If it's about, it can be about exercise. It can be about fun. 
Mm-hmm. It could be about both of those things, but it can also just be about transportation, which means I don't have to feel bad going super slow up a hill. Yeah. Because that's just uh, just going to take me a while. And, and guess what? You're not going to be sweaty when you get to the top of the hill. I'll still probably be sweaty, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't have to kill myself to get up the hill what's your favorite trip on a bike right now favorite trip uh i like so a few different ones one with my oldest daughter who is pretty good at riding a bike we will ride up to from our house to brian park Mm. and just ride around there they've got some some paved paved paths they've got some loops because we'll just do that uh, on a on a nice weekend morning how do you get up? So I know spe- the specific your park, park you're talking about. Do you go up? Do you Bellevue walk up bridge. the hill? Oh, so there's a bridge situation? We, we, what hill? You go in the back side of the park and mm-hmm. you don't have to go. Okay. We'll take this offline because that's important information that I need to know. The Bellevue Bridge. Yeah. On Bellevue. On Bellevue. You go past uh, Imperial Plaza. Yeah. I've never been. I see that bridge. Does it lead to the park? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It leads to the park right to the like pedestrian slash bike trail. Whoa. All right. Yeah. Going over there tomorrow. Yeah, so that is one of the routes. I will often run and get up, to, we mentioned before, Little House Green Grocery. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on time of day, because of the way the lights work and the turns you can't make, and actually, it can actually be faster for me to get there on a bike yeah. than it would be on a car, in a car. And I've got the paneer, so it's perfect for picking up just those small amount of groceries. Do you commute to work ever on a bicycle? I haven't yet. It's on my my list ever since the bus episode yeah to try to do that uh, just because it would give me more freedom of when i leave work uh but i haven't done that yet i'm gonna try i used to ride when i was in a different job working at a different place downtown mm-hmm. i would ride my bike there that was a little more freedom of schedule of when i needed to be there and i didn't need i was allowed to come in sweaty and no one cared yeah but i uh, haven't worked that out yet I'm, my plan is to before it gets too cold to do so to at least bus in and bike home put your bike on the bus mm-hmm. man i need you to do this so bad so you can do it yes i was hanging out with bike people the other day mm-hmm. to talk about buses to the bike people and they shamed me because i i was like i've not no way i'm putting my bike on front of the bus because of the as we talked about in the bus episode it's bus fear bus fear man and that's like the that's the biggest of the bus fears because you're like out there doing stuff and like if you mess up everyone can see Mm -hmm. (laughs) much like they can see if you mess up getting on the bus yeah i know but but if you're out there in the front the bus driver's not there to help you true so i will be planning that um also i'll ride my bike to uh situations where i might be drinking alcohol that might inhibit my ability to drive yes now technically you're not supposed to ride a bicycle inebriated on the roads either but it's far less dangerous if you choose to do so yeah can you talk a little bit about maybe this is the thing i experienced i would like you to talk about it okay the freedom of you like you said you when you are on a bike versus on a bus you can leave you know the freedom to leave yeah. whenever you want can you talk about what that feels like versus car commuting or just car traveling around when you're on your bike Sure. So the main freedom, well, there are a bunch of freedoms you get from being on a bike. Uh, one is, the big one is you don't have to worry about parking. Mm. So I want to go to previously mentioned Bamboo. I ride my bike there. I don't have to worry about finding a parking spot. I have to worry about finding a street sign. A, a, probably a sign that says no parking. Right. That's my or favorite. A tr- or a tree. <laughs> Yeah. Right. To lock my bike up. And I knock on wood, haven't had my bike stolen when I've locked it up. I do lock it up. But it's baked into my knowledge of bikes that at some point my bike will be stolen. And I'm not buying expensive. I haven't bought a super expensive bike. So I'll just say, OK, it's time for me to spend, you know, two or three hundred dollars and buy yeah. another used bike until it, it gets stolen. Uh, it hurts my heart a little bit. What, that I've just built that in? No, no, just that that will probably happen. 
It'll, I mean, I'm not hoping it'll happen, but yeah, I know, I know. I'm not worried about that. So I don't worry about parking my bike and worry about it getting stolen. I take the basic precautions of you know, tying it down so it's not casually yeah. being able to be stolen, but you can't prevent it. Uh, so that the parking is a big one. The other freedom I find is in the city of Richmond, at least, cyclists are allowed to act as both vehicles and pedestrians. Mm-hmm. So it is legal for you to ride on the street like you were a car. So you can ride on the streets that you choose to. It is also legal for you to ride on the sidewalk. When you are acting as a vehicle, the cars have to yield to you because you are more likely to be hurt by them. When you are a fast pedestrian, you have to yield to the pedestrians because you are more likely to hurt them. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. But it also means that... You can pick and choose what routes you take and whether you're a pedestrian at the moment or a car at the moment, uh, basically at will. So you can change. So you can say, this road is crazy. I'm just going to choose to go a little slower, but I'll be safer on the sidewalk. Yeah. Or, hey, things have cleared up. I'm going to ride on the road now. I'll especially do that if I know there's a dangerous intersection. I'll just transformer noise <laughs> from vehicle into pedestrian and use the crosswalk and then transformer noise back yeah and be a car again yeah i rode my bicycle down to stone brewing the other day and it was exactly that situation you're talking about like the, it was totally fine i usually ride on the roads almost always on the roads. yeah i like, almost always ride on roads. but once but... i got down to williamsburg road it was like no way yeah. it's like rush hour i was like no way i'm just gonna ride over here on the sidewalk so i don't get murdered now when you do that there's there are jerk drivers there are jerk bicyclists Mm -hmm. there are jerk pedestrians but (laughs) if you're not a jerk you just go slow as if you might hit a pedestrian so you try not to do that and it's perfectly safe have you ever experienced the joy of riding with a bunch of dudes and ladies i have uh i only got to do it once this season and i'm a little bummed i only got to do it once but i did the breakaway rva oh yeah uh, which is where in richmond you meet up at a designated meeting point, and then the leaders, and this happens all around the city, and then the leaders guide you on a casual bike ride through the city all to a central meeting point where there will be activities and food and maybe beer. And it's just a great chill hangout time. I did it with my nine-year-old. Yeah, and it's that awesome, like like you said earlier, it's not a race. Right. It's not any sort of athletic or aerobic workout. It's just, hey, we're on bikes. Yeah. Hanging out on bikes. So I like the, so I have done that and I I do go on rides with my oldest daughter who's pretty good on a bike now. We did the Moonlight Ride. Oh, cool. uh, Which is super fun. It is where you basically ride up from the Diamond up around Bryant Park and back and uh, it's nighttime and they shut down the roads and it's super fun. And we can also, she's where where she can come with me and we can do errands without the need of a car. So we can go to Little House. uh, We can go down to the comic book store. uh, Yeah, my, my biggest win I think so far has been... We have, a, we have a Walmart like near us mm-hmm. and the, with the panniers, just you can fit a lot in there. Like yeah. you can do like a legit, especially if you have a bag for your back as well. Like yeah. you can do a really legit grocery trip with like gallons of milk and soda and all kinds yeah. of stuff. Um, and it feels nice. Yeah. To not it's have to, to say you don't do that every time, but it feels yeah. good. Uh, what else do I like about it? I like that. So I tend to be an anxious person and I cars are super useful, but every time I drive one, I do have at least at least unconsciously, but sometimes consciously in my head that I'm in a giant metal killing machine mm-hmm. that is being propelled by fire and there are risks associated with that. Oh, and I'm aware, Sam. There are risks of riding a bike as well, mm-hmm. but it uh, is going slower. 
Yeah, much slower. And, and like I said, cars are useful, but I don't have that anxiety on a bike. I, I don't want to turn this into Ross likes bikes. Because, but, but you do like bikes. I do like bikes a lot. We, we in fact talked about your bike. We did. It's right there. Episode. I enjoy the simplest. Like you said, yeah. It's like a the car. A car is a crazy machine propelled by fire. Yeah, bikes are simple. Bikes are like you can look at a bike and understand how it works. That's not to say I know how to fix my bike. But I understand basically how the, it works in principle. But you could fix your bike. Maybe, but yeah. It is theoretically possible for you to acquire the, you, Samuel. Right, there's to, no computer. Yes, whereas I, that's not true necessarily about cars right. anymore. I like the simplicity of just how quickly you can transition on a bike from I'm on a bike, I'm not on a bike. Mm. I am on a bike, my phone rings, I just pull over to yeah. the side of the road and answer my phone because yep. it's not that big of a shift, right? I yeah. don't have to find a place to park. I don't have to pull over on the show. I don't have to put on hazard lights. Mm-hmm. I just take the phone call and say, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, be home soon. And then, yeah, I, uh, I like to the equity of bikes. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's like a couple hundred bucks. And that's for like a new or a used nice bike. Like yeah. you could get a Walmart bike for $50. Right. Um, you could probably even get a used Walmart bike for less than that. And like you yeah. still have the same range. Like you said, the whole city's open to you as long as the weather's nice. Right. Uh, for a couple bucks. Yeah. It's awesome. Bikes. Bikes. Uh, so I have a couple. Do we have time? We got time. I, one other thing I like about my bike that is relatively new this past summer season into now is I started riding to places at night, mm-hmm. which again, you have to be safe, but I've got lights and I choose my street versus sidewalk appropriately. But it just, it's so quiet at night. Yes. When you're riding on a bike and I'm not out there at midnight, but you know, 9 p.m. riding around neighborhoods near my house. It's so quiet and peaceful and you feel the wind and especially on a summer night it's nice and cool yeah and it just feels good like i forgot that there was the joy that you get when you were a little kid riding your bike around the cul-de-sac 1500 times you can have that as a grown-up and you don't have to spend a ton of money to do it yeah do you know about nightwing have i told you about nightwing dick grayson well it's named after that but yeah it i had this dream of group rides Mm-hmm. at night in the summer but everyone must be silent and so you just get together and we all ride to a place that exact thing you're talking about at night dark quiet and we all just take an opportunity to be quiet together on our bikes oh that sounds amazing doesn't that sound fun let's do that and i would call it nightwing did you get the domain nightwing <laughs> not, not yet i haven't ever i've nightwinged myself just like you were saying like yeah. i've done it myself i haven't ever gotten a group together for a nightwing awesome but maybe we can let's do it it's a little cold right now but you know let's there's something it. i i like that movie city of angels with meg ryan and nicholas cage or was it was that and what it, I don't want the world yeah. to see you know you know when she's riding with no hands yeah I'm the spoiler king, alert king of the world yeah king of the world style I love doing that in the summer just like a straightaway just like I keep my eyes open because I don't want to die like right. Meg Ryan but like just spoilers <laughs> I said spoiler alert. <laughs> uh and he had already become a man it was too late ah uh. anyway I like that feeling of just zooming down, nothing attached to you, just like quiet. I don't know. Something about it is like yeah, it's nice. super appealing. Ross, you know what time it is? Is it time to ride a bike? Well, not quite. It's time for a quick hits. Quick hits. Quick hits. Quick hits. Quick hits. Quick hits. All right, Sam, I have. I get to go first. I Do got you? a quick hit. I, okay, go ahead. It's top I, of the list. I, it is at the top of the list. So I uh, helped uh, friends of the show, One Virginia 2021, uh, put out their first podcast episode. And they were the ones that gave us these pop filters. These pop filters. Uh, so you should check it out. It's called The Redistricting Nerds uh, with Liz and Brian. 
And episode one is up now. You can go to the redistrictingnerds.com and check out their first episode. And more episodes will be coming as soon as I finish editing them. For those of you who don't know, One Virginia 2021 is a nonprofit, nonpartisan group dedicated to uh, ending gerrymandering in Virginia. And so they'll talk about their advocacy. They'll talk about the history of gerrymandering and then like give quick hit updates about news. So anyway, they've got a new podcast. Check it out at uh, redistrictingnerds.com. I listened. It's good. I'm excited for future episodes. Awesome. Um, My quick hit, Samuel. Quick hit. Oh, I've got two. Yeah, you have two on here. This I'm going to sandwich mine in between yours. Slaps and sandwiches. Doubles. And this is, I've gone, I'm sliding into a deep, dark place of home automation. But it's not dark anymore, is it? No, dude. It's surprisingly light. But I'm... Uh, I think we've talked about X10 at some point on this show, right? Yes, we have. Man, I'm just an X10 guy, I guess, in my heart. My dad was, and now I'm the modern equivalent of, which is Apple HomeKit, is the home automation of choice. And I've got, thus far, two Philips Hue light bulbs. They're not the color ones. They're just white. Okay. But you can control them with your voice, which is so cool. Um, and it's Do it. Mo- Do it now. Okay. Turn all of the lights off. That's my that's my Siri voice when I talk in that in that tone. They just went off. Yeah, see, they went off. And then you can do stuff like this. You can say, "Turn the lights on to fifty percent." Wow. Yeah, and uh, I know this. I is- know this is audio, but the lights just turned off, and then they turned back on. <laughs> and you can control them individually and stuff, and uh, you can set scenes and things. But like, what are your light bulbs' names? Well, I can do turn off the desk lamp there it goes the desk lamp turned <laughs> off and then we have another one called the glass lamp because it is made of glass you should give them like human names well i i, I the desk lamp was obvious because it's on the desk right and i was like what should we call this one because it was lamp beside the red chair before i realized that if you were to control it with siri you'd have to say turn off the lamp beside the red chair turn off joey yeah so i don't know well, then it gets to like turn on joey and that's kind of yeah weird. we're not trying to anyway it's been great you can set up the little automation thing. So like at whatever time in the morning, like I have it set up now, the lights are real low at night when we go to bed. And then when I come down to write Good Morning RVA at 530, they brighten just a little bit. So I have a little bit of light to write by. Um, but it is clearly the first step into a world. Yeah, you're going down yeah. the X10 hole. And so, but, <clears throat> but. Samuel... I asked Valerie, he's like, I don't know, what do you think? Like, do you, w- w- if we were to get more light bulbs, well, w- w- where would you want them? And I thought she would say, well, we don't need any more. She instantly said the lights above this table. She's like, those lights right there. So I think it's, nice. w- we're on a path. The house is into it. So I, there's my quick hit. We might have to do a larger home automation awesome. like Prime. But for now, we'll do quick hit. I've got my last quick hit, which is, you know, a thing I like is Hamilton the musical. Yeah, like Prime. Like Prime. Uh, they just today for pre-release and there are two tracks available now. And probably by the time this comes out, there might be more of what's known as the Hamilton mixtape. So a bunch of well-known artists are recording Hamilton songs. Are they new songs? No, they're songs from Hamilton, but they are remixes. Mm. So some of them are just straight covers. Some of them. So the two that are released, one is Busta Rhymes singing My Shot, but it's got a lot of verses that are not about Alexander Hamilton. Is it is Busta Rhymes the rapper that inspired the style of rapping in my shot? I'm going to say yes, but I don't know. Okay. And then the other is, you know, the saddest song, which is a uh, uh, quiet uptown. I've only listened to it one time in my life. Right, so there's a sad song after Alexander Hamilton's kid gets shot. Oh, mm-hmm. and it's super sad. And so it, it'll make you cry listening to it in, in the soundtrack, but they have Kelly Clarkson singing it. Whoa. So which, these are like legit which is like super, super sad. <sighs> Crying right now. Crying right now. So you can buy this? 
Uh, you can pre-order it today. I don't know if it's on the streamings yet. I assume it will be because mm. everything shall be streaming. Yeah. But uh, we Except like Hamilton. Beyonce. But we pre-ordered it and we got the two tracks. Cool. All right. Uh, for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where can people find show notes for this fine 28th episode of Sam and Ross Like Things? You can go to samandrosslikethings.com. Dot com. And they'll be right at the top. At the top. And if people wanted to contact you on the internet. I am uh, at Ross Catro on all of the things. R-O-S-S-C-A-T-R-O-W. Um, if you wish to email about sponsorship of we this didn't talk fine about that. show. We didn't talk about it. But if you wish to sponsor this show, mm-hmm. you may do so. And you can email me. Uh, I think last time I just gave my Gmail, right? R-C-A-T-R-O-W at gmail.com. Great. And I will I will customer, customer service you. Like you've <laughs> You're a professional. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I am. Yeah, super professional. And Sam! Uh, I'm Mr. Beefy on Twitter and on the things where I can get that handle. Otherwise, I'm the real Mr. Beefy. <laughs> <laughs> like the real Ghostbusters. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, All right, that, this was good. It was a good show. Thanks good, to everyone good, for yeah. listening. We're, we still love making the show. Yeah, and and, and uh, you know, pending sickness and, and mental health, we'll see you in a fortnight. See you in a fortnight. Bye. Bye.